0: Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burragoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you.
1: Lord, we do lift our hands to worship you, to honor you, and to receive from you. You are our faithful God, and we know that today, you have something for us to hear Lord I pray for every one of us that we will be open to hear your words to hear from you may you be the one who speaks we thank you for your presence with us Holy Spirit we know that you are here We trust you. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take a seat? Don't get too comfortable. I might stir you up a little bit today. Um, God's really been challenging me on something, and so um, that's what I'm going to bring and share with you. We're starting a new series on going deeper. You know, um, we know the Father's invitation. Nick spoke on that last week, and this week we're going to be talking about searching, And I don't know about you, but it happens often in my house that I am searching. I'm looking under things, I'm going into rooms, I'm searching. Where did I put my car keys? I thought that I put them on the table, and I thought they were in my bag, and I keep on searching, and I cannot find them, only to discover they were in my pocket all along. You know, that might happen to you. There might be other things that you're searching for. Sometimes... I actually walk into a room just before I'm about to leave home. I'm like, why am I in this room? I don't need to be here. And I walk, turn around and there's my glasses. That i if I didn't take my glasses with me when I was leaving that day, I would have been lost all day long. um, Not being able to read. You know, there are times when we are searching for those critical items, keys or glasses, USBs that sometimes seem to go missing, um, credit cards. Ever just misplaced that on, I, I know I paid for Maccas going through the drive through and I often see our young adults there. Um, they're working and I'm the one going through the drive through But, you know, I put my credit card in my car, not back in my phone wallet. You know, we, we misplace things, we lose things, we're searching for them, things that are lost. We search for them and when they are found, we celebrate. Now, it might be that you, Have a quick arrow prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Uh, It might be that you yell out to everybody else in the house to stop looking. I've found them. In the Bible, there is a series of stories where there was the lost coin, the lost sheep, And then more significantly, the lost son. And the father calls them together, all the family, all the workers, and they celebrate that he has returned, that lost child returned, a huge celebration. When something is lost, something significant, we search. When it is found, we celebrate. Now, Bible reading today is about a man who he himself was lost. He was searching... And he found Jesus. He came to understand that we are all born physically, but we also need to be born spiritually to have access to that spiritual realm and a relationship with God. So let me set the scene. Jesus has just started out in his ministry, he's been to Jerusalem turning over tables in the temple. People, the Jews, started asking questions, basically saying, show us a sign of your power to prove that you have God's authority to do these things. While Jesus was in Jerusalem for the Passover festival, many people started believing in his name. But Jesus was cautious. He knew some people could not be trusted. And we're going to drop in on part of the story where one of the Jewish religious leaders, a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus, comes to chat to Jesus. And I've got a few assistants that are going to help me today in telling this part of the story. The Bible words will be up on the screen for you, um, but there might be some slight variation in the way that we present today.
2: Now there was a Pharisee a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish Ruling Council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied,
0: Very truly, in all seriousness I tell you, no one can see and experience the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How
2: can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely if they are as old as Pastor Nick Scott, they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered.
0: Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. The body gives birth to the body. But the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at me, saying, you must be born again. It's a bit like trying to explain the wind. It blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit.
2: How can this be? Nicodemus asked, and Jesus replied,
0: Nicodemus, you are a Pharisee, a Jewish teacher, and do you not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we do, and we talk about what we have seen. But still you people do not accept what we say. You do not quite understand it all. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. That's me, by the way.
2: Then Jesus spoke about Moses and the time the Israelites were being bitten by poisonous snakes in the wilderness.
0: Can any of the kids remember what the people had to do to be saved from the snakes. They needed to look to the bronze snake lifted up to be saved, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness. So the Son of Man, that's me, must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes may have eternal life forever.
2: Nicodemus kept listening. Jesus had a lot to say that night. One of the most memorable things Jesus said was,
0: For God so loved the world that he gave his, only, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send me, his son, into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world.
2: Nicodemus probably thought, Wow, that's amazing. And Jesus might have also said,
0: Nicodemus, don't stay in the dark as you get to know more of me. You will see that I am the light of the world. If you trust me, I reckon we could be great friends. Now, it's almost summarised. Why don't we go find some coffee?
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you to Janina, Dave and Gary for reading and for Dave and Ethan in acting for us today. Now, Jesus and Nicodemus may have talked all night and needed some coffee, but that bit is not actually written in the Bible. What we do know is that Nicodemus was searching for Jesus. He had questions and he wanted to know more. We're not sure why he came at night. It's often thought it's because he was doing it in secret because he feared what others might think. Perhaps he was just really busy during the day. Although it also was very common for rabbis to study and debate all night long. Perhaps coming in the darkness symbolises that Nicodemus was himself spiritually in the dark. He was searching for answers and he came to Jesus who was able to enlighten him. Nicodemus was obviously impressed by Jesus' miracles and respected him as a rabbi, as a teacher. But he also noticed that Jesus was no ordinary teacher. They talked about the kingdom of God, and to a Jew like Nicodemus, he understood that seeing, seeing God's kingdom meant that he would participate in that kingdom at the end of the age. But here, and in John chapter 18, verse 36, at Jesus' trial, He says that his kingdom is not of this world. And in John 3.16, he says it can be entered now, not just in the last days. The Jews in Jesus' time thought they would all be admitted into God's kingdom at the end of time. But Jesus told Nicodemus that he cannot enter the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So this is a really difficult concept for Nicodemus to understand. Now we have all had an experience of being physically born. We can see our physical body. But Jesus indicates here that there's also a spiritual realm. The words Jesus used to describe being born again, are genan, meaning to be born or regenerate, to bring to life again. And another, which which can mean, what Nicodemus assumed, to be born again, but it can also mean being born from above. There is something new that Jesus was wanting Nicodemus to understand and experience. Some scholars say that being born of water in verse 5 symbolises amniotic fluid, part of our physical birth. Others say that the water is about being clean or forgiven and then filled with the Spirit. There could be many interpretations, But verses 6 and 8 explain that flesh or the physical body gives birth in a physical way. And the spirit of God is a different kind of birth experience. My understanding is that we have a physical birth and, if we choose to, a spiritual birth. To be part of God's family, we need to experience that spiritual birth as something significant changes. Back then... In Nicodemus's day, they didn't have meteorology and an understanding of the wind. They could see the effect of the wind blowing, but they couldn't control or understand it, which is a bit like the Holy Spirit. People who have not experienced this life transformation do find it difficult to understand what it means to have the Holy Spirit and to be in that right relationship with God filled with the Spirit. Now, a few years ago, I restored a table. We're going to have it up here. Um, It's now in my parents' kitchen dining room. It began like this, if we show the next picture. I'd bought it for $50 for some friends, and I'd had it in my house covered up under a tablecloth for quite some time. Then to transform it, There was a, it required lots of sanding, (laughs) staining and painting and as you can see, it even needed to flip over to totally overhaul the table. The finished table looked quite different to the original one but it really was just a transformation on the surface. The table was still the same table, the same size, the same shape. The restoration process didn't change much more than just the visible exterior. When we become a Christian, a believer, a follower of Jesus, we are not talking about just an external change, but a deep and significant internal spiritual change. Some people might try to behave in a certain way, thinking that that's what is needed. But Jesus isn't wanting us to do the transformation work He is the one who brings the transformation, the change in our lives. And it's not surface level. Titus chapter 3 helps us understand a little bit more. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared he saved us not because of righteous things that we had done but because of his mercy he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the holy spirit whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our savior You see when Nicodemus spoke when Jesus and Nicodemus spoke Jesus was introducing concepts that could not reach their full significance and application until after Jesus had died and risen from the dead. Being born again could not be fully experienced and appreciated that night. But I do hope that you are able to grasp how important it is to enter God's family through the death and resurrection of Jesus. We have the privilege of deeper understanding. We have more information now than what Nicodemus did. There are three things that I would love us to consider as we look at this encounter of Nicodemus with Jesus. The first thing is creating time and space. Nicodemus made time to be with Jesus. He may have been busy and it might have been risky, But whatever the excuses he could have come up with, he chose to set aside time. He came to Jesus, creating time and space for them to be together. Nicodemus carved out the time, searched for Jesus, not because Jesus was lost, but because he was in their encounter, we read the significant words of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that we could celebrate him at Christmas and Easter. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that we could feel good about being kind like Jesus. No. No. He gave his only son so that we could have eternal life, so that we could have a relationship with Jesus every single day of our lives here on earth now. John 10.10 says that Jesus came to give us life, empowered by his spirit, enabling us to listen to God, to actually be in friendship with the creator of the universe. We believe in the priesthood of all believers, that we have direct access to God. Jesus has created that for us. We can have respectful, honest, loving communication with the creator of the universe, with our heavenly father. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Do we make time and space to sit with God, the Father, Son, and Spirit? I wonder how many meals you have in an average week. Kids, can you work it out? If you had three meals a day, seven days in the week, tell me. 21. 21. Even if you had only two meals a day, that would still be enough for you to maintain physical life. How many meals a day do you spend on Jesus' bread of life, reading his words, spending time with him? How much investment do you put into your spiritual life? I'm going to be really honest with you today. Coming to church on Sunday once a week or watching online once a week is not a relationship with God. It is not enough You might do a lot of good stuff for God, but are you spending time with him? The Bible records that even Jesus would often withdraw to a place where he could pray alone. I wonder if you have a favourite place or time when you daily spend time with Jesus. And our kids' activity sheets today, we've specifically focused on having a quiet time. Now, this phrase or this practice was really big in the 90s, and while some trends don't need to come back, this one does. Spending quiet time with God. Maybe you have a favourite chair to sit on a garden or a park to walk in. Or maybe you have an app on your phone, like the Lectio 365 or YouVersion Bible, and they even can give you reminders to spend time with God. Seeds Bookshop and The Reading Room have resources that we can buy or borrow to support our time to be quiet with God. I wonder if you, those of you that do practice this, regular time with God what are some of the things that we can do in that time this is your time to be interactive call out what are some things you can do Jacob you can pray absolutely God loves it when we pray and talk to him what are some other things yeah Yeah, just by yourself, just you and God alone together without any distractions. Yeah? Sing praises unto his holy name. Absolutely. Singing praises, worshipping him. Jacob's got another one for me. Reading the Bible. Yeah, we can read his word. Who else has got something? Yeah? Journal. Ah, oh, that's what I do. I have a prayer journal and I write a lot of my prayers down. Fantastic. We can read the Bible. We can pray, worship. We can wonder. We can think. We can listen. We can be still. You can move. You can lie down. You can stand up. You can be on your knees. You can cry. Whatever it is, spending time with God, it might look different on different days or for different people, but having that time with God is so precious. Which leads me on to our next statement. The next thing that we can learn from Nicodemus is the looking and listening. If you spend time with God and engage in looking and listening in that quiet time, something that I needed to learn was don't do all the talking. Sometimes that's really hard, isn't it? When we're wanting to buy a car or, um, or looking to build a house, we do lots of searching and looking and asking questions and, and listening and waiting for the right answers. Why don't we do that with God? We need those times to look and listen and be quiet. Jesus was always looking and listening. One day in the temple, he saw a poor widow. We're going to go to a Bible verse, um, some verses from Mark 22. Jesus saw the poor widow that she came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few pence. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. You see, Jesus was looking and listening. Back then, they probably didn't have a beautiful offering plate like this one, and it definitely would not have had felt in the bottom, but an old metal plate that you could hear the amount of coins that went in. And Jesus was listening. And this reminded me of the kindness pandemic. I'm not sure if you've seen it on Facebook, but when the COVID pandemic started in 2020, a bunch of people on Facebook put together the kindness pandemic. And I often love reading the encouraging stories of a person who's experienced the generosity and kindness of others. However, there are many people that write and boast of their own kindness. Jesus didn't like the loud And the boastful offerings and I don't think he would like the loud and boastful kindness displays that people do as well. You see he likes what is done in quiet. It's important for us not to just observe the loud but look and listen deeply in the quiet. I often need to stop all the doing and be still with Jesus to listen to his voice, to see what he is doing in the small moments, even in a flower, in a child, in doing things behind the scenes, not always up the front. To be listening to his voice through his word, through songs and worship, by his spirit. It means having quiet time. It might be early in the morning or like Nicodemus in the middle of the night. Whenever we make time and space, use it to look and listen, to ask questions and not do all the talking. A good relationship has that balance, right? And so it is with Jesus. We are all given two ears and only one mouth, perhaps a divine indication that we should listen twice as much as we talk. And that's really hard for me because I quite like talking. (laughs) We have seen that Nicodemus made time and space, looking and listening to Jesus. And I wonder how you're responding to these truths. How will we respond to Jesus? Well, there are three main ways that we can respond. We can reject which is to deny who Jesus said he is, that he came to help us to be spiritually right with the creator of the universe. We can deliberately choose to reject Jesus and say no to him. And you might choose to do that. You have the freedom to choose. There is apathy. You might have apathy, just a bit blasé and not really concerned to take Jesus seriously. You're not searching for the truth. Not making time to sit, to listen, to look into the claims that Jesus made that he is the son of God. Just coasting along, making no decision. The third option is to repent. That is to acknowledge that you need Jesus to be forgiven. Forgiven for our sin, which is our turning away from God. And to have a life that is turned around to be God focused, not self focused. Well, how did Nicodemus respond? He's only mentioned in the Bible two more times, but they give us a little bit of insight. A couple of years after the nighttime chat, Jesus was in Jerusalem again, this time for the Feast of Tabernacles. The Pharisees, those Jewish religious leaders, were getting pretty upset that Jesus was feeding thousands, healing uh, people, and that crowds were listening to his teaching as if he was the Son of God, the Messiah. The Pharisees were very upset. They wanted Jesus arrested, but the guards didn't do that. They reported back saying no one ever spoke like Jesus. Then Nicodemus spoke up to those wanting to arrest Jesus. And we read in John chapter 7, Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. So they thought that Nicodemus was from Galilee, like Jesus. They could see that there was some kind of relationship there, and Nicodemus stood up for Jesus. That was bold. Then in John chapter 19, we see another bold move from Nicodemus. This occurs just after Jesus had died, and that very day, Nicodemus was there. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by... Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 35 kilograms. Taking Jesus's body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden and in the garden a tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. So Joseph is described as a disciple of Jesus. Perhaps Nicodemus was too. The amount of money spent on 35 kilograms of burial spices was huge. And to get an idea of how much that is, 35 kilograms is about twice the weight of Seb Rogers'. That's a lot of herbs and spices, right? Um, Not for cooking, but for putting on the body of Jesus. How much respect and love would he have had for that act of kindness? I wonder if Nicodemus was a disciple, if he had been born again. He certainly followed Jesus to the tomb, to the death. He respected and possibly loved Jesus. He had been searching Did he find the answers in a relationship with Jesus? I hope so. If you are searching for Jesus, here are some things his friends would like you to know. Paul wrote that Jesus gives the generous, gracious gift of eternal life, even though we don't deserve it. In Romans 6.23, he said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Some translations say the free gift. It is free for us. It wasn't free for Jesus. He gave up his life for us to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Paul also wrote in Romans chapter 10 if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. When we say, I have sinned, I've done the wrong thing and I'm sorry. I believe that Jesus has paid the price for my sin. I want to live in a relationship with him. That is repentance. Turning to Jesus. You can say it quietly in your own mind and heart but there is something significant about saying it out loud. Not rejecting, not being apathetic, but repentance is responding to what Jesus has done for us with gratitude and humility. As Nick said last week, accepting the invitation to join God's family and hitting the submit button. Perhaps you were hesitant to respond last week. We're going to be providing you an opportunity today if you would like to respond to Jesus. Let me just go through two more things first. Paul tried to explain in a letter to the Galatians this concept of being born again spiritually that Jesus had taught Nicodemus. In Galatians 2.20, he wrote, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But it is Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And he also wrote to the church in Corinth, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Being born again is to accept this incredible gift and to live a life in relationship with Jesus, as a disciple or an apprentice of Jesus. It's good to have those quiet times with him. But we also need to be public. We need to speak up, as Nicodemus did, to tell others that you love Jesus and to show others that you live for Jesus. If you don't know who to share your faith with, We have rooms full of people in this building nearly every day of the week. People here to do craft and seniors gatherings, our play groups. We have kids ministries and youth ministries. We actually need more of you to be here ministering with those people. But there are also people in our communities that are broken and they need us to reach out to them. You might be stirred to be a part of street chaplains or a chaplain in the local schools. There are so many opportunities. Yes, we need to search for Jesus and then we need to search for people that need Jesus too. Creating space and time to build on those relationships, looking and listening to their needs and responding. Will we reject, be apathetic? Or will we repent that we have been selfish and we actually need to go where Jesus wants us to go? I found it such a privilege to be able to pray with my neighbours, with my past students and, and their parents. I was chatting with a friend just the other day and she prays regularly with the patients that come to see her. And she's come to discover that it's very rare for somebody to say, no, don't pray. People are searching and we have what they're searching for in Jesus, but we're too scared sometimes to share it. So can I encourage you, no matter where you are on the journey, create time and space to meet with Jesus. Look and listen to where he is leading you. Ask him by the power of his Holy Spirit to guide you and then respond. Following Jesus is a lifetime commitment. Being involved in a ministry might just be for a season. Maybe you feel like you've had your season in one area and God is leading you to another. Maybe he wants you to serve in our preschool ministry on a Sunday morning. Maybe he wants you to serve in our youth ministry on a Friday night or with our young adults and leading a small group. Maybe he's asking you to spend time with your neighbour your colleague at work to go out for dinner together and go deeper. Maybe God's asking you to foster children. It could be anything. But listen to what he is calling you to do. Take that next step and go deeper. As I wrap up, I want to acknowledge that some of you may not have decided how you want to respond yet. You might still be searching and looking and listening. Can I remind you that the people in our church are not perfect, but we look to Jesus. We're not not encouraging you or asking you to make a commitment to follow Michael or Sue. They're great people, but we're asking you to think about following Jesus. Jesus is the one that we follow. Now when I was younger, I used to often climb fences on the farm and I soon learned that you cannot sit comfortably on a barbed wire fence. You have to be on one side or the other. And that reminds me, it's similar to this concept of being a follower of Jesus or not. You can't sit in the middle You need to make a choice. So I'm actually going to invite you all to stand up where you are. Take a deep breath. Take a moment. Just pause. I sense that there are three groups of us here today. And I invite you to close your eyes because this is a moment between you and God. Nobody else. Some of you already have a relationship with Jesus and I encourage you to go deeper. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you to respond physically by raising both of your hands. Our song earlier was singing of raising our hands as a representation of what's happening internally and spiritually. If you're saying, I'm in, give me more of you, Jesus. I wanna spend more time with you. Keep your eyes closed, it's just me looking out. But if you want to say yes, to searching for more of Jesus, making time with him, that deeper listening, raise your hands now. And I expect that this is the desire of most of you, ready to go deeper with Jesus. I praise God for your commitment to grow in your faith and your relationship. Jesus, right now, I pray for all of these people lifting their hands up, that they will experience an increased awareness of your Holy Spirit, that they will go deeper in their relationship with you, making that time with you, listening and looking for your direction in their daily lives. Bless their quiet times. I pray, Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. You can lower your hands, but can you keep your eyes closed? Because there is a second group of us here today. People that have never said yes to Jesus. You're searching. You've been coming to church even today, wondering if this is all real. What's this spiritual relationship? What is this being reborn? You can see the physical but you've never experienced the spiritual sense of a relationship with God. You might even find your heart beating really fast right now. And that's God saying it's time, time to respond. You've searched and you've found Jesus, and he's asking you to confess with your mouth, out loud. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to say some words with me, words that say, I need you, Jesus. I've found you. Your love is amazing. And I confess my sin. I need your forgiveness, Jesus. You see, because he wants a relationship with you. And if you choose to follow Jesus, maybe it's the first time or maybe you've done this before, I encourage you all to say out loud these words. And we're actually going to put them up on the screen for you so that you know what you're committing to and praying for. If we can put those words up. I'll say the words first. And if you believe these words, say them out loud. Lord Jesus, I need you. you. I've found you. you. Your love is amazing. amazing. I believe you died for me. me. Please forgive me me. for my sin. I'm born again and ready for my new life, my spiritual life with you, please fill me with your Holy Spirit, thank you Jesus, amen, fantastic. It is so beautiful to hear people declaring that Jesus is the one that is in charge of their life, that Jesus is the one who's forgiven them and fills them with his Holy Spirit. Now, I want to be respectful of what people have just done in their lives. So I encourage you, if you've prayed this prayer of confession for the first time... Talk to somebody about that. Ask for their support because we want to support and encourage you on this journey of faith. So kids, tell your parents, friends and family, tell those that are sitting with you or come and chat with one of us, one of our ministry leaders. We're actually going to have some ministry leaders here at the front uh, during our next song if you would like to come and, and pray with us. We'd love to pray with you. And just as the worship team come back up, I actually think there might be some more people here today who haven't responded yet. Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've got doubts. Or you're still searching for Jesus. Don't give up on him. He loves you so very much and he longs to give you life with him. He personally invites you to keep searching.
0: We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.